Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Jones of all ages, welcome to the main event of the evening. It's Talking Joe with Chief and Chris. Yo, yo! Yo, Joe! Hey, 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 it's me, the Chief. Wild times here in the Talking Joe studio. Didn't think we were going to have a show. And then, lo and behold, who's this fellow who's just dropped into the studio? Oh, it's a lousy South African, man. Steve <laughs> from G.I. Joburg. What's up, guys? Holy moly, what a turn of events. Um, yeah, this is this is crazy. Steve, you have come on... Us- I say, Steve, we had a brief conversation prior to, to, prior to recording, and because I'd never spoken to you in the flesh before, obviously aware of your work, I was like, is it Steve? Is it Stephen? But unfortunately, uh, you are the victim of uh, a great surname, so all I see when, you're ne- when I see your name, all I hear is uh, S-Jubs. Oh, I thought you were going to go like with Jabba in- the Hutt, man. No, no S-Jubs, because all I hear in my head is the, uh, the S-Club 7 song. S jobs ain't no party like an S job party. So uh, unfortunately, S jobs in in the house. Um, Yeah, so wouldn't be talking Joe unless I got a handle from Chief, right? Okay, (laughs) S jobs it it is. Yeah, Chris Simo Sims is still cursing (laughs) me to this day. Um, So basically, what happened? Just to fill the listeners in, uh, Chris. Uh, unfortunately, well, fortunately for him and his family, got uh, a load of work from the Boss Fight Studios on the plate, which is excellent news. So working hard with those paying gigs. Uh, unfortunately, talking Joe, because a lot of effort goes into it from his side, like I just turn up and hit record. You know, he does all the, the monkey work, which is where you, S-Jubs, come involved. <laughs> You're my new monkey. Um, <laughs> he basically does all the hard work and it was a lot of time and effort and that is now better placed uh, actually getting paid and a man reached out to me and that is you you are the man and you said hey i can co-host i think so here you, you are called my bluff chief gee whiz <laughs> i heard you were a betting man and uh, i guess it was just a yeah too too tasty yeah. a proposition you had to tip your that's hand, it right? I, I messaged you saying are you joking or not because <laughs> i have zero editing skills i bring nothing to the party it's all on you and you were like what are you talking about let's record tonight in about three hours yeah, Chief, you just bring Chief, man. You're the charisma. It's all about you, baby. I'll uh, I'll do the, the surgery. <laughs> and let's not forget, my time right now, uh, just coming up to 8pm in the evening, uh, local time just outside London, you are about f- just coming up to 4am in the Philippines. <laughs> you had to go there. Yeah, man, I'm in Manila <laughs> at the moment for work. Uh, that That is a crazy life, and maybe okay. we'll get into that. But Hopefully, uh, yeah, def- definitely, yeah, I we'll definitely want to get into that <laughs> shenanigans, 100%. So, yeah. Good to have you on board. Everyone on here, you know, knows you anyway. Uh, I would imagine uh, for those I don't know for those that. fools you who don't, just distinct- give, give me a. I'm looking at the clock. Give me a. Uh, give me a one minute uh, introduction, sir. All right, uh, GI Joe is my life. Uh, collecting toys uh, since I was very, very, very young, probably about four or five, um, and never really stopped. I was one of those sad sacks who like snubbed everything in favor of my plastic addiction. Uh, <laughs> And when it became unfashionable to play with them anymore, or even take cool photographic setups <laughs> like yep. you guys used to do, um, my attentions turned to broadcasting about them. It started with a podcast. Actually, it started with a blog. I used to write reviews on uh, Blogspot. Don't bother digging them up, please, okay. listeners. <laughs> and then it morphed into a podcast, which uh, me and some other South African lads I knew uh, called G.I. Joburg because of Johannesburg, South Africa. Yeah. And How long, when, when was that started? Gosh, I think we started in 2011. Jeepers. Yeah, yeah. it's been going for a while. Uh, that metamorphosed into a YouTube channel. Um, and I suppose our biggest contribution to the sort of G.I. Joe fandom is uh, back in, I think, 2014, we built a custom hull for our USS flag. Kind of, we put it onto yeah. like a, basically a skateboard, um, yeah. which gave it some mobility and raised the hull a little bit. Um, and that's, that kind of modification has been doing the rounds online ever since. Yeah, that is sensational piece of work right there sir cheers man well we've now um, gone as far as to putting the uss flag onto the ocean waves <laughs> yeah we made like a polystyrene base Ugh, we shoot 
random vids. But uh, it's all good fun, man. And I, I'd like to think it encourages people our age or all the to like still treat these things as playthings. You know, that's it's it. sad that's when it. your yeah. collection you know, just gathers dust. One of the things I like about kind of doing this pod and kind of coming into this scene is that I was always, you know, kind of a comic first kind of guy, mm-hmm. especially from G.I. Joe. And obviously I had the toys as a kid, but uh, never really followed that into adulthood but now coming back in and kind of seeing the scene and you know chris talking about his passion for the toys and you guys and you know there's so many people out there that are doing fantastic stuff and there, there's definitely a a part of the scene where people like to you know boxed mint in packages in the display cabinet and you know i understand that i do understand that but i also like you said the play aspect you know that's that's mm. a bit more up my street you know get them out in the sand and in the snow and in the you know uh, get get the toys actually doing stuff, what they were made for. Absolutely, man. And while I would say I'm a toy guy first and foremost, I was never much of a cartoon guy. What informed the way I played G.I. Joe was always the comic books. Yeah. Uh, distribution wasn't great back in the day in South Africa, but in the you know in the news racks you could often find an odd scrappy G.I. Joe bird. Oh, sorry, G.I. Joe comic. <laughs> and uh, you know they, they would be out of sequence. We'd have to fill in the blanks. But like the action set pieces that involved toys that we actually had, uh, that just fired our imaginations. Man, I must have played out yeah. that sequence where the Ninja Force like. Um, sort of hand over hand, like do the sort yeah. of ant chain over yeah. onto the silent castle. We acted that out with our Ninja Force action figures yeah. time and time again. Yeah, surely and it wasn't long example. before some of those fingers or thumbs broke. <laughs> you know it, baby. Yeah. They were not built to last, sadly, yeah. especially not yeah. with rough play. <laughs> that's it, that's it. Um, you, you know, the other thing that you've let yourself in for by coming on this show is uh, you are now my third co-host for this show. Uh, obviously I knew Ben growing up and then me and Chris met when he came over to London, which means we are also destined to meet at some point in time. Where in the world, chief? Name the place, man. <laughs> Should we head to Monaco? <laughs> oh my God. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's see, let's see how we get on. First of all, let's see how the show pans out. Um, nice brother. Well, uh, yeah, I've got good family stuff. in the United Kingdom, so, uh, it's, okay. it's potentially on the cards. My brother lives in Brighton. So, okay. Uh, it could yeah. happen. And soon. Good stuff. Um, the Brighton, that's actually where one of the uh, Seddon brothers, long-time fans of the show, uh, my buddies, this, one of the Seddon brothers, Mark, lives down that way. So, uh, and his, Road trip. His close as well. Road trip. Um, <laughs> good stuff. Glad to have you on board. Um, good catch up there. And I'm uh, hungry now, so I'm hoping, <laughs> short notice, have you got a snack? Snack. Snack, snack, attacker. Chief and Chris, like on Solo and Chewbacca. I'm travelling through hyperspace to get some snacks. A affirmative, buddy. Uh, there you go. Walking the streets of Manila, I came across. Oh my goodness! <laughs> it's a coronary in a bag. It's <laughs> by a brand called Jack and Jill. This is a savory snack. It's Good. called chicharon ni mang Juan. <laughs> okay, which means what? Which I have no idea what it means, but <laughs> I believe it is a imitation pork crackling snack. Holy cow, this could, yeah. well, no, holy pig, I, this could be anything. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I think it's made out of, um, like, dehydrated potatoes and yeah. tapioca and okay. Listen, green peas. Listen, I've got one question. Uh, can you give me some recommendations for a new co-host when you drop dead? <laughs> <laughs> well, you can make your way through the G.I. Joe book, boys. Uh, That's it, yeah. Uh, th- their time zones are a little bit closer to you being in Johannesburg <laughs> and Cape Town, but... Uh, Let's see how I go. Here we go. Let's do it. Oh, jeez. In terms of flavor, it's... Uh, is that uh, a big bag you got there, or is it a small yeah, bag? Yeah, you betcha. It doesn't even have the grammage. No, no. It's, it's, a, it's a big bag, but it's mainly yeah. filled with air, so it's only 90 yeah. grams. <laughs> okay. That's still pretty big, I think. Gumagamit pa rin ako po at opo at ang... same. Whatever. It's Tagalog. But here it Sounds goes. Sounds like Greedo. Into my mu- yeah, well, maybe that's just my pronunciation. <laughs> uh, speak Hatties, don't you know? I am Jabber after all. Here we go. Wow, good crunch on that. Very good crunch. Fresh. Mm. Well, I don't eat pork crackling often, but um, this is definitely <laughs> something else. It's um, mm, It's got a bit of a heat to it. 
Okay. But of course, I think everything's overpowered by the fact that I brushed my teeth about an hour and a half ago. So <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting cocktail of flavor. Over to okay. you, Chiefy. Okay, I've got a. Uh, I think I think it might have been last episode where I had a bananito, but bananito, but b a n a n i t o, ban bananito, bananito bar. No, bananito banana bar. Uh, one whole banana and cashews. It's called a cashew cookie. Let's get in this. Very small. Didn't you learn last time? I no. Well, I said I bought like, four. I bought four <laughs> of these, all different flavors. Making my way through them. Mm. Take a picture there because it's quite small. Let's open open it up again. Looks like the same as the other one. Looks like some kind of dog food treat. <laughs> I'll, I'll send you a picture afterwards so you can see it before we post it up on the socials. Let's have a go. Yeah, not crunchy at all. Very chewy. Hard work. Um, not buying that again. Hey man, at least you're getting a your potassium. I mean, if it is one whole banana. Yeah. We hope the yeah, nutritional value is there. Bam! Um, right. Anyway, What's we potassium are potassium good for, anyways. <laughs> potassium is that that stops cramp. I think. Don't is that why oh. the tennis players used to eat them? Oh, good stuff, man. Oh, Stop well. getting cramp. I think. Anyway, I could be making that up, but uh, <laughs> yeah. But not. Yeah. Yeah. What's your what's your fruit? What's your go to fruit? Um, I'm still like a really green apple kind of guy. Granny okay. Smith. Yeah. 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 Just really sorts me out. Apple a day okay. keeps the doctor away, I guess. But supposedly. Uh, yeah. But then again, you, my, wa- my wife's a doctor and I kind of miss her, so maybe I should stop okay. eating apples. Eh. Yeah. <laughs> comic talk, oh, comic talk. Larry Hammer writes them cheap and Chris discuss them, whoa. Comic talk, oh, comic talk. Larry Hammer writes them cheap and Chris discuss them, whoa. Right, we are covering uh, issues 169 and 170 of Real American Hero. Uh, let me just get to how it did, did, did you manage to uh, did you manage to get hold of these to have a quick read a reflip through I do I have them through rather unscrupulous means okay uh, um, our fans on the show could not accept the fact that we were not in possession of the current Harmer run right so um, they kind of slipped us a few copies uh, okay that's digitally fine. That's fine. Yep. I prefer yep. The physical stuff, and so yes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hopefully apologize for the fact that I am, of course, a pirate by saying that I've started buying <laughs> floppies again, and I started yes. with GI Joe Cobra, the, uh, the okay. Chuckles. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's a good that one, is man. Primo stuff. Yes, sir. But I do have these, um, the full set, and boy, oh boy, we're in for an interesting ride. They, yeah. Um, yeah. they definitely have some ups and some downs. So, so we're going in at one six nine one seventy. How kind of up to date would you say your knowledge is at this point in time of this? Had you because obviously you know we only sprung it on each other so to speak that we were going to be doing the show a couple of hours ago. So maybe you've had a chance to flick through one six nine one seventy. But what about the previous kind of ten fifteen issues? Have you got good enough kind of knowledge of those so this makes sense? Well, I have been doing my listening to Talking Joe, man. Ah, so of that's course you homework have. Of course enough. you have. Of yeah. course you have. What a <laughs> um, fool I am. <laughs> but uh, the last time I passed my eye over these comics was uh, about nine months ago. Okay. So it's it's hazy. Um, yeah, that's one, okay. Though you you get the the little uh, the catch up sessions, don't you? In the well, sort of the opening. Smash. What are you talking about? You talk you talking about this? Last time on a real American hero, a team of GI Joes led by Iceberg arrived on the North Pole ice cap to investigate an old Russian ice station, but were quickly taken prisoner by Cobra Vipers. Luckily, Blizzard escaped capture and set up an ambush to cause confusion in the Cobra ranks that allowed the Joes to get free. Thanks to Mainframe and Joe Colton's secret weapon, they managed to escape on a Cobra cargo plane and turn the tables on Cobra. But Mainframe and Joe have problems of their own, as Firefly and Crystal Ball attempt to infiltrate the secret facility in the Chrysler building and cause some havoc for G.I. Joe. And now I've been caught up. Incredible. (laughs) There you go. Um... (laughs) For 169, I've got the cover of Firefly and Mainframe crashing through a window, which is the main cover by S.L. Gallant and Gary Erskine. Mm-hmm. Um, the cover B was by Herb Trimpe, and I've got a very small in, in, uh, inside cover here picking. It's just kind of snake eyes with his outfit is torn and the, the, the hexagram is underneath, showing the Arashikage oh, yeah. tattoo. 
It's nice to um, see Snake Eyes using a weapon other than an Uzi or a sword. He's got yeah, his, it looks like, like he's got some kind of what's that like an M- Colt 911, Colt. 1911, yeah. that thing. Yeah, yeah, so, man. I I prefer Trimpy's work, man, um, because it's after uh, yeah, Hamid did the the initial sketch. Yes, um, and then passed it over to his longtime pal, the late great Herb yeah. Trimpy. Yeah, man, it's nice. It's they understated. Worked well together. It doesn't uh, pass Chris's test of this happening in the issue. But then again, <laughs> no, neither does Firefly pushing mainframe out of the Chrysler building. Correct. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, 170, I've got the cover I've got here on my issue is the cover B, which is by Trimpe after pencils by Larry. And it's Lady J, Flint and Roblox uh, peering out of the chopper uh, about to do some damage. I wonder why they didn't go with the tomahawk. I mean, the chopper is not a very signature. It, it actually look, looks like a the fuselage of like a black hawk. Right. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Actually, because it's not the it's not the tomahawk, is it? Yeah, man. The wheel's in the wrong place. Yeah. But hey, whatever. Creative license. And the faces are all very Trimpy style. This is definitely they're, they're her a little doing bit his own yeah thing. they're a little bit blocky <laughs> in a kind of yeah in a Trimpy fashion. Yes, definitely. But uh, he definitely cover. nailed uh, he nailed Roadblock's gun. That is a thing yes. of beauty. That 50 cal. Uh, the cover A is by S.L. Gallant and Gary Erskine, and it's Snake Eyes kind of worshipping a, a, a sword in a shrine, and there's loads of other ninjas in the background. This kind of happens, but mm. he's not in his Snake Eyes garb when it happens in the issue. He's just in a suit. Um, or is that even in the first? Is that even in the previous issue? I think it's in this one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're right. As always, as always, I read these issues about <laughs> 20 minutes ago and I've forgotten what happened in them already. So, hey man, you had to run a bath for your kid. <laughs> <laughs> I did have to run a bath for the kid, yeah. Well, I'm trying to do a, a, te- a test session with you, but um, all good, all good. So, Spinning plates. Spinning plates, that's it, that's it. Um, quite a lot of stuff is happening here and we've got a little bit of fallout from the previous couple of issues where, as previously mentioned, Firefly and Crystal Ball are in the Chrysler building. Now they're trying to exfil and get out so we kind of follow their storyline um then we also get a lot of heavy ninja action with snake eyes storm shadow and billy and they've come across a dojo which has links to the arashi kages and also you've got the joes going into darklonia to exfil someone and that turns out to be darklon and we get a little bit of sneak peek as well so actually there's quite a lot of stuff going on Ah, uh, correction. Sorry, man. It is in 169 where we see Snake Eyes do the beat down on the yep. dojo ninjas. Yeah, I've yeah just, it turns I've out just... there's a Russian sub clan yeah. of the Roshikage, which is it's cool, man. Showing wild. the Roshikage surviving cause... into the sort of modern times. That's... Yeah, yeah. That's wild, wasn't it? It was like a prisoner in Vladivostok, uh, mm. and he ended up teaching a load of the prisoners and it's kind of made its way and they actually mentioned i think there's something like 100 subsets of dojo or, or rashikage kind of temple and worshippers don't they so it's, it's spread out a lot and interesting that's all gone under the radar of snake eyes and storm shadow mm. Ninja yeah, yeah. <laughs> indeed big time um, well i mean i gotta draw our attention to like the ninja bullshit where the showdown between snake eyes and the yep. The dojo is yep. about to go down, but the master, just by noting his stance, <laughs> yeah, well, that's knows it, yeah. how knows how the the fight is going to play out, and he calls it off before it begins. Yeah, yeah. But it gets so, super detailed in his yeah. mind. Yeah, yeah. So we snake, see snake eyes. Detail. I'm I'm on that bit now. Snake eyes is, is <laughs> he, well, he's kind of was worshiping at the kind of shrine in the temple, and then for no apparent reason, all these other ninjas are just now going to. It's like a test, isn't it? Uh, mm. They're all just going to... He wants a match. He wants to test our talent, is what the the master says. And so they're going to come at Snake Eyes with fully bladed weapons. And one of the guys says, no firearms or explosives, stranger, just edge steel or bare hands. Um, <laughs> and we got kind of like a four-on-one scenario here. He's dropped... Snake Eyes has dropped all his weapons. But then, like you said, the crazy bit is the master has had a vision about how everything will play out. And it ends with... It's kind of like Taskmaster from the Marvel Universe. Sure. You know, he can predict any any fight happening. And uh, it actually ends, this sequence ends with Snake Eyes stabbing a guy, looks like possibly through the heart, maybe, definitely through the chest, with a, a kind of bladed spear. And that's how it was going to end. I can't believe that Snake Eyes was going to kill one of these people. But anyway, 
Uh, that's just how... the punctuation on this guy's vision. But <laughs> it, it reminds me of something that Harm has done before. I don't know if you can recall all the way back to like the Snake Eyes origin arc, where the Hard Master and Soft Master are watching yep. Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow draw their swords and charge at each other. And before um, they actually make contact, the Hard Master turns to leave. So he doesn't actually watch the end of yeah. the contest. And the Soft he Master says, away. aren't you going to declare a winner or something like that? Yeah. Is and, that it? Um, and then Hard Master says, oh, no, he's already won. He's already won because he allowed his own yeah. uh, gi to be cut. That's it, yeah. By Storm yeah. Shadow. To sort oh, yeah, of... no, Soft Master says something like, um, Storm Shadow is the winner. And yes. the Hard Master says, no, no, Snake Eyes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the greater, you know, the, he, he oh, showed... That, 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 great, two great issue are, that two issue story, 26 and 27. I think I'm going to go back and read that after <laughs> this show because that is, that's one of my faves of all time. That is amazing. Quality. Yeah. Yeah, man. But, but instead that, of uh, just having the sort of the walk away yeah. and the decision, we now actually see what, you know, this guy yeah. predicts would happen quite yeah, viscerally. Yeah. And but then, it is also a useful way of Snake Eyes demonstrating that he is Arashi Kage without having to say anything because obviously yeah. he don't speak. Yes, so he's it. got to kind of demonstrate through technique exactly yeah. how adept he is. And then as soon as they, once that's over, as soon as they kind of reveal their, their tattoos... Um, all the others kind of start bowing down and, you know, mm. realise that they're in the presence of some, uh, you know, OG, OG players right here. And Billy. <laughs> Just tagging along. <laughs> and Billy. Yeah, yeah, and Billy. How did he ever get let into the clan? I never know. I don't know, punk kid. Fast learner, I guess. Yeah, man. Um, Big time, like t- three pages and he's <laughs> a ninja. Yeah. There's a there's a lot of references I've written down. There's a lot of uh, uh, Jungian references here. He's referencing Carl Jung right at the beginning, uh, Larry, where he says, um, you should read what Carl Jung has to say about coincidence and synchronicity in his foreword to the Bollingen edition of the I Ching. And then later on, I think it's Cobra Commander is mentioning uh, Jungian philosophy. It's very evident that uh, just like in your dreams, I mean, all these characters are actually just Larry inserting himself, yeah. you know, yeah. and his uh, his bibliography. Yeah, it's actually Crystal Ball. In uh, oh, yeah. a scene, they're 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 escaping. They've disguised or they've fallen in with a load of civilians to kind of make their exit. And he says, "Yes, Firefly. Our odds of escaping amid this hypnotized crowd are better. But what about the intervention of Jungian synchronicity? I don't mm. believe in that mumbo jumbo, Crystal Ball." So yeah, Chief, what's uh, your take on Jungian synchronicity? <laughs> I'll come back to you next week. <laughs> well read. I actually, uh, I actually studied for an A level in psychology, and nice. uh, uh, so yeah, I failed. Paul it. Jung was up there, brother. I failed it. Uh, basically, <laughs> I had what I'd done was sidebar here. What I'd done was for the mock exams, I had I'd written a load of A level papers throughout the course of the year. And when it came to the mocks, I memorized about six of these essays I'd written that I'd all got, uh, you know, A's or B's for throughout the course of the, of the year and hoped that some of those questions came up. And in the mock exams, four questions came up that were almost replicas of the essays I'd memorized and written and got good marks for. So I thought, oh, brilliant, I passed the mocks easily. So I thought I'd do the same thing for the real one. Memorized six essays I'd written that I'd got high level high marks for hoping that similar questions would come up and only two questions came up in the real exam so mm. I could literally only write and I just copied word from over my memory what I'd previously written and I could only write two essays of four this is a three-hour exam so I'm 45 minutes per one so I'm about an hour and a half in and I physically mentally cannot write anything else because I did not study or revise all I did was memorize and so I decided to write the script to Star Wars Episode 4 in the back of my test paper uh, um, and hoped that the person marking it was a Star Wars fan and they'd give me the mark I deserved. Uh, and they did. They failed me. So not clearly not a Star Wars fan. But um, yeah, had I have read up or, or studied or passed uh, A-level psychology, I might have had a, uh, a leaning uh, or a, an opinion on Jungian synchronicity. But um, I don't. So there you go. Mm. Well, it's mystifying to yeah. about 99.8% of the people reading this, I'm sure. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, let's just, we, we briefly touched there on the Firefly Crystal Ball stuff. So did they succeed in their mission from last issue? I can't remember. They were there to... I think they're just trying to escape at this point. Yeah, I don't think they did. They got rumbled. Now they're trying to escape. And 
Crystal Ball's hypnotising people. What's your, are you a fan of Crystal Ball? That kind of, you know, he's a bit out there? No, afraid uh, not. Uh, okay. I don't know, man. It, uh, the Crystal Ball figure never saw release back home. Uh, okay. So I only discovered it later on in life. And while a co-host on the G.I. Joe book show is a big fan of Crystal Ball, I've yet okay. to be won over. He's a big I mean, fan from the character point of view or from the figure point of view? I think he just likes the the esoteric. He likes okay. the sort of gypsy, mind reader, yeah. weirdo, mystic kind of angle. There's a yeah. lot of scope for what he does. I mean, he, you know, he, he's into that kind of... He's an artist by trade, and so right. fantasy art is yeah. something that he likes. And I suppose Crystal Ball's design is that appealing. kind of aesthetic, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I mean, perhaps I th- the, the potential that the character has. But I think for the most part, he's played for jokes. Yeah, I mean, it, it's difficult because you're right in that he is kind of a bit of a parody, a bit of a jokish character. But in a weird way, he does kind of fit into the G.I. Joe universe. If you think of all the crazy ninja stuff, what he's doing is no different than what we've just seen that... Uh, ninja master do in the dojo of predicting the future and playing out the fight scene it's not mm. a massive amount different to that but because i guess the ninja law has been embedded into this comic for so long the craziness is kind of accepted whereas crystal ball's craziness is a bit more akin to something at the x-men or the avengers i guess but what is interesting here is like larry is totally playing into the toy i mean the whole hypno shield nonsense like yeah you can use Crystal Ball as a character with kind of um, interrogation or or hypnotism abilities and 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 techniques, but yeah. he went the whole hog and gave him his classic accessory, which <laughs> yeah. just speaks to, you know, I, th- I don't know if Larry's taking this seriously. Yeah, I think I think He's you like, hit on something well that I hadn't really thought about in that you know he he could be used effectively in other other modes or like interrogation it's kind of like what they did with chuckles he was kind of a bit of a jokish character when he was first introduced into the marvel real american hero run he didn't have many issues to be fair but he was kind of the the clown in the hawaiian shirt Mm. and then when he kind of got revamped in that idw run with that cobra series as kind of you know a, a brutal undercover agent and suddenly he became this amazing fantastic character and then larry's brought him back in in this series and he's a lot more akin to that idw continuity stuff than he was the original marvel run so i think you know maybe they could have done something with crystal ball had larry chosen to do something different with him more in line with gi joe cobra yeah yeah just more just the character you know kind of this this gypsy kind of they could have added a bit of shroud of mystery about him and he could have been you know a, a cobra special ops guy but as soon as you put him in that kind of fur lined tank top with uh, a hypno shield and mild mind reading abilities then he does become a little bit of a joke but yeah interesting i mean i so i've got all these in singles and but i probably stopped at around 225 something around that in terms of reading monthly so i'm what i'm about four years behind in the reread but i can't remember him popping up in any future issues maybe he does or maybe he doesn't but that's just my bad memory but i'll be interested to see if if larry does reuse him again I wouldn't be surprised if someone just requested it in yeah. correspondence to Larry and he was like, yeah, cool. I run this yeah. show. <laughs> I can put Crystal Ball in anywhere. I yeah. mean, it wasn't something that he had touched on previously. The only no. Crystal Ball appearance was written by Herb Trimpey in that uh, right, Ladies' in Special Day. Missions. Yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah. But anyway, on the as these guys are trying to get out, Firefly and uh, Crystal Ball, it's not really, as the cover would suggest, Mainframe who's stopping them. It's actually Jane. She meets them in the stairwell and uh, has a bit of a to-do with them. Or oh, that's in the next issue, actually. Oh, no, it is in this issue, yeah. Uh, kicks open one of the stairwell doors and confronts them, and then that's where Firefly says he's got, like, a remote detonator in and the next he's issue. wired up some hostages. That's it. Oh, yeah, we do get the... At the very beginning of the issue, nearly, we get the, the guys returning, Iceberg and uh, Blizzard and all those guys return. Um, and then Beautiful we get the... Beautiful li- cameo of a Astro Viper. Oh, yeah, in the Which hot seat. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, random i mean they're astronauts or cobra nauts okay and who's you know, who's that who's that next to him what figure is that a, is that a drawn as a character the guy on the right come on chief you can do this came with the night raven did you have a night raven uh no no oh, um it's called a strata viper strata viper yeah yeah, 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 yes, yeah of course oh yes, but of yes. course you would know that from uh uh, uh showdown that special yes. missions where it's kind of a parable about 
G.I. Joe taking care of their planes and their pilots and Cobra not. One of my favourites. And they, they basically, they, yeah, I love it. They basically chuck away the escape tool, don't they? And there so go, when, the, when he's going down, he can't, he can't un- unlatch the cockpit. Yep. Yeah. Love that issue. That's quality. It is. That's two of my favourites. The Showdown one, which was a special missions, wasn't it? And Shakedown, which was the issue 34. And it's taken me up until now to get that right and not confuse the two. I have, we, <laughs> I have, we have so closely right, we? named. Yeah, no, 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 it's correct. Okay, showdown right. and Shakedown. Yeah. I mean, Shakedown and Showdown. I mean, whatever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whatever. The deets. They're, they're, both, they're both good. Go and check them out now. I'm going to, bloody hell, now I've got to add those two to my reading list as well. So issues 26, 27, 34, and whatever that special missions one is. I've got to read four issues after this now. Is it Cheers. sad that the modern stuff makes you nostalgic for the old? And not um, necessarily enthused about continuing with the modern. I mean, how do you split your time? That's that's interesting in terms of we did uh, for the listeners who haven't checked out a uh, cheap plug, haven't checked out my other podcast I co-host, The Outer Timers. On episode two, we get uh, Ben, my co-host, we get his wife on and she is an expert in kids culture and play. And we have a bit of a 30 minute conversation about nostalgia and, you know, kind of what it means to people of our age and that's interesting that that isn't really something that we covered but it's something that i'm going to potentially pick up on in where you said how do you split your time between doing things from a nostalgic bent or continuing reading so you know i get more buzzed reading the larry original run so you know somewhere from between like 12 up to like maybe the end of the Civil War or maybe the 90, something like that run, I'll get more buzzed about that than I would reading this, definitely, if I was given a choice. And I guess it's going the same way with other comics. I, I read a lot of comics. I've probably had about 12,000 uh, floppy <sighs> sing, uh, nice. uh, peak collecting. I've probably pared that down to maybe 6,000, 7,000 now from selling a lot. And what I'm finding is I'm getting much more joy from rereading old stuff than I am from buying new stuff. So... I don't know where where there must be a line where nostalgia does take a back seat, but I, I'm yet to find it. Mm. It's fun to play in our nostalgia, man, because the past just keeps getting better and better, right? Yeah, I, th- I think so, and I think there's been a general kind of pop culture leaning towards, you know, embracing you know, over the last I'm going to say sort of ten years of embracing you know retro stuff and nostalgic stuff and you know you see all these re-releases of of figures and toy lines that in the 80s we thought were long dead and gone and you know you're now getting revamps of turtles and masters of the universe and all this other stuff i'm I'm not a big toy guy so you know i could be getting it completely wrong but no you're absolutely right Uh, in fact the only thing that's the only really notable you know toy line to not get any retro treatment and I'm not going to get as far down the, the ladder as like Mask just yet. But yeah. like G.I. Joe retro has not been a thing yet. And we're all, we're all asking the same question. Like, yeah, why not? Yeah. Well, you they've think there's a market Transformers, there? Star Wars. They've even done the Ghostbusters action figures. Is there a market? Hell to the yes. Yeah. 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 But from a, from a, uh, do they aim it just at the nostalgic crowd, just at the people who had them as kids? Would there be a market for this generation's kids to play with those you know retro figures i if the quality is good yeah if the product is good i think there will be some some following amongst the youth of today but uh i mean it gi joe was taken up by way more of us than the more nichey things like ghostbusters action figures yeah or i would even go so far as to say transformers i'd say gi joe was number one really so even if they just peddled it to us old timers yeah they would they'd move numbers man yeah and gi joe has gi joe kind of had that advantage that the star wars line had and you know transformers uh, over other stuff in that just the the quantity i mean look ghostbusters what are you going to get you've got four main <laughs> ghostbusters totally. and then a few secondary ally characters and then mm-hmm. the, the enemy then the ghosts but with gi joe you know, it's, yeah. it's even almost Master endless. of the Universe didn't have the depth of roster that G.I. Joe had. No, that's interesting because so. I was looking at, uh, I, got, I got a sketch a couple of years ago because I, I collect uh, comic based art and I got a sketch from Ryan Kelly and he was, I'd seen a Master of the Universe character he'd done. I thought, oh, I'll get one of those. So I, I never had the toys as a kid, but I 
was aware my friend had them so I was aware of the majority of the figures so I went online just to look at I think I went just to Wikipedia or something just to look at a character list and it was surprisingly small the actual amount of characters in that line that were actually released I thought there would be hundreds but it was definitely not that many so yeah um, man G.I. Joe was on top for a good it. long while that's uh, what bought many a Hasbro exec their mansion yep. but uh, they seem to have left it in the dumps but hey, who knows? Right. Snake Eyes um, movie might just turn things around. Yeah, yeah. Um, back to the comics. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, we get we 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 do get uh, a little bit of sneak peek, and he starts talking about how he's not dead. Well, he doesn't talk about how he's not dead. He talks about what he's been doing since presumed dead, and he's been undercover in Darklonia as a he's like an exchange student or an academic student, I think, and he's there to keep tabs or spy on. Uh, I guess Darklon, and he's holed up in a little kind of uh, bed and breakfast, if you will. And uh, yeah, he almost exposes his cover, though, doesn't he? Because he goes to rescue um, the owner's daughter. She's getting a bit of a beat down, but she ends up covering for him. Noble stuff. I will say this much about sneak peek, and I'm not going to sweat the the faux pas. I mean, it's acknowledged as a as a mistake, and and we all need to get over it. Yeah. But uh, you know. Larry doesn't quite address how he pulled off his fake death. Okay, right. I mean, right. if you flick back to the old run, yeah, he's pretty definitively gunned down. He's riddled. By, well, it, it's not even a machine gun. It's like the Range Viper's standard weapon is a grenade launcher. Right. So he's yeah. been shot yeah. by, like... Anti-personnel grenades. And Dusty's I mean, carried him back, and the guy yeah. says, why are you carrying a dead man back? So, um, I mean, okay, we're assuming that Dusty's not in on it, but I mean, yeah. how he survived that kind yeah. of... Yeah, I, I'm down. with you in that I'm not a big forum guy, um, so when we men- when Chris mentioned this last week, um, and I was like, oh, was it a big deal about Sneak Peek coming back? And he was like, oh, yeah, pe- the people went mental that, you know, he had come back and he shouldn't be alive and you know he was clearly seen as dead and what's larry doing but for me you know i've i've been reading marvel and dc superhero comics for like you know 30 years so i'm well versed in people supposedly being dead and coming back to life so i'm not saying he was dead and came back to life obviously that's not the case we're just saying he was never dead he was presumed dead but whoever took his pulse got it wrong nice I buy so, that. Yeah, there you go. Now um, explain your way out of this one. <laughs> so the previous two issues that you guys covered dealt with that Russian research station, right? Yes, correct. Wasn't that pretty definitively wiped out Yeah. way back in issue number two? Yeah, it was. You mentioned this on the Quinn, Facebook page, didn't you? Yeah, yeah Quinn booby-trapped it. He did. But, hey, you know what? Pick the parts that you like and leave out the rest, <laughs> right? Maybe there were two I, research stations. I don't know. No. Look, by his own admission, Larry says he doesn't reread old exactly. stuff. Exactly. And look, he's an old man, so his memory's probably <laughs> failing him. Look, I'm I'm a middle-aged man, and my memory's bad. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably not even middle-aged. I'm probably you know 44. I'll be lucky to see 88, I reckon. But anyway, let's Mate, get a bit 90. morbid there. So let's move on. Um, yes, sir. We, we cut to the next issue, and we see Lady J checking for bulged uh, cases because she don't want to jam on a live mission, and. <sighs> Gun porn, baby. That's it. That's it. And Flint's popping in here. Um, and then we see Roadblock. So we, we're just basically a re- quick reintroduction of the, the main crew that are going to go on this mission. And uh, there's a really nice scene I like when they all load up in... And they actually are loaded up in the Tomahawk, which, like we mm. said, the cover was wrong. There's I'm just flicking forward where we get a scene. It's a silent scene where the Tomahawk's coming in and Flint is uh, sharpening his knife uh roadblock is chomping on a fried egg sandwich and lady jay's studying some topography on a map so i really like that and that, that lighting that kind of that red shading and coloring i really like that scene and we'll, oh, we'll also get i should remiss if i didn't mention we get Ricondo on as a doorman door gunner amongst other things still rocking that excellent mustache love Ricondo, man he's quality yeah, yeah, yeah. love the scripting too it's so not overwritten. Yeah. And it's like the Joes keep up a steady patter of like trading insults. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Clearly like Flint and Lady J have a bit of a love-hate thing going. That's She's right. Because certainly a bit snarky with him, you know, when it's in the lead up to a mission. 
Yes, yeah, no, definitely. There's no snoochy boochies. No, no, no. no, no um, funny business going she's on in the back all, of this helicopter. She's all purpose for this, indeed. So yeah, this is good. Like you said, the scripts kind of stood out in that. I think you nailed it perfectly. It's not overwritten. There's some good bit of banter. All Larry's telling you is what you need to know. So we're going on this mission. Here's the crew we're going on. A little bit of characterization for those who don't know. So we're we're in with these characters, and it's good stuff. Did you um, notice that Roadblock has a smock on that says "Don't even think about kissing the cook"? <laughs> <laughs> when he's ba- when he's bagging <laughs> when up he's, his fried sandwiches, he's yeah, yeah, bagging up the fried sa- uh, yeah, man. yeah, good stuff. I'd like to see someone try there. Uh, that'd be interesting. <laughs> Just flicking forward, what happens here with Firefly and Jane? She, oh yeah, they they go into a bit of a fight, and this is where, again, uh, Mark Seddon mentioned this. Uh, this is. Larry potentially forgetting that Firefly's a ninja or kind of rewriting the script there because Jane basically manhandles him, chucks him down, kicks him in the face. I know she's a, I know she's a, a tough, tough ombre and Firefly's in his old grey camo, so I, I'm putting him back in saboteur mode rather than ninja mode. But she's been elevated to ninja mode because, I mean, Firefly holds the high ground, and yes. I mean, she's able to charge up some stairs faster than he can gun her down. Yeah. I mean, she's that's faster than a speeding bullet, man. Yeah, that's some Jane bullshit right there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, look, the the action is... The action's good. It's well-drawn. You know, I, I really like S.L. Gallant's art here. It's, it's solid. It's not overcooked. It's not... He's not drawing people, and this is a testament to his run. He's not trying to draw it in a superhero style because that definitely wouldn't work. He's, he's, I think he's leaning on his former artistic greats of Mike Vosberg and Frank Springer and Rod Wiggum and all those guys and Herb Trimpe, obviously. Beat, beat down or no, I do love the way he draws Firefly in that classic camo. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. That, that, you know, The details looks- are on point. The weapons look legit. It looks like an action figure that you want to own, you know. Yes, I want this version. Definitely. I mean, it, but it's on the been... same page, yeah. have you seen um, Mainframe's helmet? I have. Look like a, a G one Transformer. <laughs> it does it's a like little got bit. Weird angles and things <laughs> over his ears. I mean, like that's definitely like a Jazz or a <laughs> yeah. I don't know a Prowl. Just need to add some horns or something. Yeah, that is. I never. I hadn't really spotted that. That's a good shout. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's definitely Gallant's um, signature when it comes to mainframe. Yes, yes. Then we get a bit of background as well from this Ninja Master, and he kind of t- he tells the story that we briefly mentioned about um, a secret mission in Vladivostok, masquerading as a Siberian hunter, and kind of gets captured and teaches the the other inmates as a form of kind of PT, as a bit of a personal training. Teaches them they all get the the hexagram tattoo. And that was his father, I believe, wasn't it? Does he say that? Oh, I am his son. And it was I the who brought son this. son of the, the, the sort of the guy who initially assaulted, but then was won over by the middle yes. master. Yeah. Oof. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. the middle. Yeah, of course, we're forgetting to, or I'm forgetting to mention, it was that the guy who founded this uh, offshoot or the, the was training was the guy called the middle master and to quote this uh, ninja guy he says he was the elder brother of the soft master and the hard master who were the heads of the Arashikage clan so it's a newly introduced character never previously mentioned but again I'm fine with that you know we don't need yeah, to yeah. have known all the details back in the day and yeah and he mentioned there's all these offshoots and kind of he also links to a potential danger doesn't he but i regret to inform you that a serious threat from the past has arisen and that the arashikage are now facing extinction once again so larry's dangling the threat Um, nice to see that there might be arashikage cells in africa yes yes there's a thread to be tugged on there yeah finally some south african characters maybe (laughs) let's have it are there any south african gi joe characters uh, alas, not. Okay. Um, Are there any African G.I. Joe characters? Hmm. I don't think so, man. I, I mean, one of the questions that was always asked uh, when G.I. Joe Berg members were interviewed by other sort of G.I. Joe podcasts was, did we have any exclusive characters in our area? But right. no, man, nothing like that, sadly. It was all uh, just sort of the repackaged um, European and American releases. Sad times. Oh, um, right. We need it. On the next page, 
Sorry, I'm just having a bit of my banana Tito bar, but banana Tito bar. It's still bad. I was wondering if it would make an appearance. It's still (laughs) bad. Um, When we cut to Cobra Commander on the next page, and he's outside, or he's inside the Wax Museum in Brocker Beach. There's a. I've just noticed that it's there's uh, missing letters on the kind of awning of this Wax Museum, and you think it would be Custer's Last Stand, but it the letters are missing. And it says CU is missing letter T, missing letter RDS. So it'd be Custard's last stand. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a reference to anything, but uh just seemed a bit strange. Oh hey, man, that's harmless humour. Or maybe it's Gallant's. Yeah, yeah. Mm. What's um this is another interesting bit. I've written this down, Destro posing exclamation mark, because inside the Wax Museum, Cabra Commander's gone, why are there two Destros and two Baronesses in the Terradrome diorama? And of course, two of them are not wax figures they're actually the real Destro and Baroness so how long do you think they were holding that frozen pose for well if you look at the top panel Destro's folding his arms oh yeah and look at the panel below that he's got his arms on his waist oh so yeah <laughs> he's not a very successful human statue <laughs> surprised the telly viper didn't notice that yeah I'm not but, surprised uh, no <laughs> Yeah, they, how do they see anything with those words <laughs> scrolling across their faces? Uh, that's a cartoon joke, by the way. Right, okay. Again, I, I'm not really a cartoon guy. so Neither am I. <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully some of the listeners are and got that one. Yes, yeah. Um, I, I'm tempted to do a rewatch of, of the car. Well, I say rewatch. I don't think all I've ever seen, I think, is A Rise of Pen to Arise um, mm, and G.I. Joe the movie. That's a relatively good one. Right. So I fear if you can't stomach that, you're not going to have much luck with the, the yeah. sort of series well, I, proper. I, I honestly don't know what my opinions on it are because I probably haven't seen that for 25 years. So, you know, I, I might give it another go. We'll see. We'll exactly. See. If you like all things retro, it, it it might still amuse you. I don't know. Look, yeah. the voice acting is top notch. It's fun to see toys in motion. Yes. Uh, even yeah. if the plots get silly, it's just good stuff to have in the background, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, Destro confronts Cobra Commander and then pretty much straight away makes a swift exit in a firebat. So mm. I'm not really much sure. Much to Cobra what Commander's was... surprise. Yeah, yeah. He does a Houdini. But what was what was Destro's actual you know, he's here, what was he hoping to get out of this meeting with Cobra Commander? Uh, it, Just to it find out about annoys me how often Cobra Commander gets guns pulled on him. Yeah. I mean like honestly does it hold any threat anymore yeah <laughs> you know once you've once you've uh, sh- once you've thrown down with snake eyes in the slam dance in the cyber castle then you know you're probably not scared of anything i imagine but anyway destro i, mean, I guess it, he i guess he's there to find out about darklon who was uh, like sneak peek presumed dead but uh, had a bunker in his base so he survived so then destro's bugged out and then kind of the issue closes with the guys uh, opening their mission briefings and oh. we find out that the guy they're there to extract is actually Darklon. So, yeah, man. Yeah, that's, um, and did that's you notice the they brought ends. a handy little sh- little document shredder on the helicopter? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ricondo's I mean, putting them through, yeah. Very handy. I think uh, it was often joked about, well, often, once or twice it was joked about in G.I. Joe uh, issues where, you know, if they didn't have any way of disposing of the, the orders, right. the pilots would have to eat them. <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's and those look like some pretty thick folders. So, yes. yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like this. You're, you're, I, like, I like the fact that Galant is putting in a lot of extra neat little flourishes and touches and kind of almost not Easter eggs, but, you know, just fun little bits. And, you know, that's a testament to him. And I think he's, he actually holds the record, doesn't he, for longest run of most issues mm-hmm. of G.I. Joe Pencil by one artist. But um, well, It's yeah. very evident that he loved the details. I wouldn't be surprised if he's got a, a groaning toy collection of his own. Yes. Yeah. Um, Something I wanted to flag is that um, it surprised Cobra Commander that the sort of mock pterodrome inside the wax museum has a practical like functioning fire bat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why that would come as a surprise to Cobra Commander, I don't know. No, because, I mean, because... he built Springfield with like a laser yeah. gun in the arcade that Correct. functions. Correct. And then Brocker Beach, which had like It had the pogos. ferry go round with the yeah with exactly. the pogo and the ferries. Pogos yeah. and fangs. Yeah. 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 So it so, shouldn't be surprised at all. But um Everything opens and shuts. Nonetheless, Cobra Commander is clearly a bit of a... You know, 
I'm not sure. I'll, I'll tell you what, I'm going to save this for later in the show, um, but we'll come on to that later in the show. But right now, uh, given the short notice, I wonder if we're still able to do the segment entitled Toy Talk. Well, yes, we are. Good, good. <laughs> Steve talks about toys. Oh, oh. Steve talks about G.I. Joe. He talks about all the things from the comic book and the animated show. Chris talks about toys. Chris talks about toys. Chris talks about toys. Chris talks about toys. So since we close out the issue with the, the cool covert insertion team, I thought we'd talk a little bit about G.I. Joe's covert operations specialist lady j oh nice nice mm. codename lady j file name hot burnett allison r primary military specialty is intelligence secondary military specialty is personnel clock which is a very mundane secondary specialty mm, but i suppose yes. that just factors into her cover story right yeah yeah she was born in martha's vineyard massachusetts and her grade is e4 which is surprising because she's a very, very qualified enlisted soldier. Yeah. Lady J graduated from Bryn Mawr, which is a college, I believe, in Pennsylvania, and did her graduate work at Trinity College in Dublin, where she acquired the faint Gaelic lilt that adorns her speech. Did you know that, G? I did not know that. News to me. Well, now you've got to read her with a Gaelic lilt from now on. <laughs> <laughs> she's an accomplished actress and mime, and is what. Sorry. Mime? Come on. <laughs> She's an accomplished actress and mime, as well as a studied linguist. She can easily pass as a native in France, Italy, Poland, Russia, Germany, Afghanistan, Spain, and Portugal. She's airborne and ranger qualified, graduated intelligence school, Fort Holabird, qualified expert M16, M1911A1, and reflex crossbow. She does not come with any of those weapons, I'm afraid. And then there's a quote. Lady J doesn't go in for that phony wig and rubber mask brand of disguise like those jokers on Mission Improbable. <laughs> <laughs> she becomes the subject. Body language, subtle gesture, correct shading of dialect, the right look in the eye. Cloaked and sandaled, she can squat down with a basket of oranges in any Middle Eastern marketplace and blend in perfectly. Hey, man. Any information that jumps out at you in that file card? She is really qualified. I She's mean, great. She is, you know, I was always a fan of her because, you know, I, did you get the Action Force comics over in No, sadly. I've read a few scrappy issues courtesy of Blood from the Baron and yeah. trawling various comic book shops uh, okay. on uh, on your island nation. Yeah. But, yeah, man, uh, she, she, her appearances are few and far between for, for my... Um, Scrappy collection. Yeah, I mean, I, I I had the figure, and oh, you, you know, did. She, yeah, she she featured heavily in the action force, as we mentioned, and she never got as many appearances as I would have liked to have seen in the original Marvel run. Um, you know, there was a couple of key bits where she popped up, obviously, and the Flint connection, which is kind of featured heavily in the action force. But hopefully, we'll we'll see a lot more of her going forward, because you know, as I say, even though I've read the next kind of fifty issues of this run my memory is a bit spotty but hopefully we see more of her and yeah i, I really want to see her in some kind of mime role coming up in the future <laughs> it speaks to me man that's my profession not professional mime but i mean she's an actress i i i tread the boards myself okay um but what is interesting i mean she'll never be able to sort of unseat the 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 sort of premier gi joe femme fatale at being scarlet no but i'd say lady j is far more versatile yeah you know, do you think she's second she's military does, jumpsuit does she come above cover girl do you think in the number two spot definitely yeah yeah no question in my mind because she has that versatility like she's been known to be a chopper pilot if needs be i mean she wears a green like flight jumpsuit anyway. Yeah, she yeah. kind of gives me that Ripley vibe in that sense. Yeah, that's a good Wouldn't shout actually. Yeah, that's a good shout. Yeah, yeah man. So and she's actually she's got uh, some interesting notes that I made on her action figure sculpt itself. Yeah. Did you know that she's got a the um the crest or the symbol on her cap is actually from the U.S. Army Parachutist Corps. Okay, no, I did not. Interesting. Yeah, and she's got a unit patch on her shoulder. Uh, from the 91st Division, which is an infantry division. So while she has all these credentials as like, you know, a covert ops specialist, she's yep. definitely an infantry 
soldier as well which yeah. is why she's like sort of front and center on these strike teams and stuff yeah. she's pretty much can fill any position yeah she's, a she's probably the she's most a, versatile female probably the most versatile gi joe yeah she's a I'm she's totally a, uh, a jay of all trades so yes sir um I will just bring one thing to our attention that in her, because this is something that Chris does and I got to keep the continuity. (laughs) She, um, in her Action Force file card, they replaced her birthplace to Cork in Ireland. Oh, okay. For the Gaelic Lilt. So really, there you go. Really, really hammering home the fact that uh, Lady J should speak with an Irish accent. And you mentioned a couple of the weapons that she is versatile with like a flex crossbow and things like that. But the the figure actually came with some kind of power lance. Am I right? Yeah, they they kind of took that up in the animated series, but made it more of just a, a regular throwing javelin. Right. She had various kind of almost like Hawkeye. She had various trick arrows or deus ex machina to get them out of whatever situation okay, they, yeah, they were course. in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but the weapon itself, it's, it's a weird one. The action figure comes with a double, it's sort of, fires out of both ends i would say it looks like an rpg like the russian rocket propelled grenade but uh then there are two two warheads you know so maybe it's maybe it can was it was it like uh was it light gray in color yes it's kind of a strap to go over the shoulder right yes i know the one yep yep yeah the strap actually came with a second accessory the camcorder which is a lovely 1980s style camcorder i suppose that just feeds into her covert ops specialty i mean to be honest with a file card like hers, which is a top-rate file card, you would kind of want her accessories to be more like dress-up, almost. You know, yeah, give her exactly. a way of outfitting herself differently instead of this rather awkward, you know, inexplicable weapon, a camera. And it's a nice backpack, but it's a very plain backpack. Yeah, yeah. I'm just looking through. I've got a big box of figures here. I'm just looking to see if I've still got a... Her bio in uh, G.I. Joe issue 110, Escalated to Armageddon, uh, adds one other weapon specialty. She's a fan of the Colt Python, which ah. is a very, very heavy revolver. That's like a dirty think, Harry gun, isn't it? I think it is, man. Yeah. So for law enforcement and for basically, you know, blowing people's brains out, yeah. uh, that's, that's, that's her gun. <laughs> I tell you, she's a badass, man. I, you know, do not get on the wrong side of Lady J. No, no. Brilliant, brilliant. Did she get many more versions, do you know? Yeah, she's uh, she's been a pretty, you know, an oft gone back to well. I mean, G.I. Joe have produced her again in the um, 25th anniversary. They kind of did the classic again. Uh, all told, how many versions has she had? Uh, there must be some characters here. that kind of just don't. They get one version you know, of, of original release and then don't get picked up again? Is that is that? Yeah, she's had 11 versions in total, oh, wow. which is actually quite conservative given the popularity of the character. Okay, yeah. But they've all had a similar design aesthetic. The green jumpsuit is right. great. Okay, that's a standard. Ex- with exception to the um, the version that was used for the, the film. I don't know if you remember that, the yeah. retaliation film with, yes. with The Rock. Yeah, so it doesn't quite look like the actress, Adrian Palicki, but right. it doesn't quite look like classic Jade. I'd say those of us who are fans of action figures would be better off using this as a, a completely original character. Okay, good stuff, good stuff. Um, nice. You've got a week to plan for next week's one. So uh, no, I'm not <laughs> saying no, this was good, this was informative as ever, you know, pick, picking out gems for me. So it's my personal favorite section on the show because I know so little <laughs> about the toys that I feel like I'm getting an education every week. So thank you for Did that. Did you find so. your vintage Jay? No, I don't think I've got a still. I'm, oh. I've only got, you know, a handful of guys there, but um, I do have a jammer. I'm looking oh, at, yes. I'm looking at a jammer. Good stuff. There. Well, you hang on to that, Chief. That's a great figure and exceedingly rare these days. Well, I posted it up. When, I first, when we first started doing Talking Joe, I think it was November 2018, uh, I posted up online a few figures I had and almost immediately offers started coming in for the jammer and i don't think i was planning on selling it i was just interested to see but they they did range wildly from something like 20 quid up to something like 80 quid so Mm. i've got absolutely no idea how much it's worth condition as always is key but uh, there'll be Fun more fact about lady j sorry keep going baby uh, she she is a exceptionally tall action figure 
she has is actually taller than her paramour, Flint. Really? So yeah, man. I wonder how I they. Flint's... I wonder what they based height of characters on. When they're doing well, the as molds. far as I'm concerned, if it's in the plastic, it's canon. So she's <laughs> taller than her man. That's it. Nothing wrong with that. Very good. No, no. Very good. Um, more toy talk next next week from S Jubs. Uh, right now, <laughs> it's time for British colloquialisms, aka over egging the pudding. We got a pudding. We're gonna egg it. We got a pudding. We're gonna over egg it. We got a pudding. We got no criticisms. That means it's time for some British colloquialism. Listen, some of these colloquialisms, I wonder when we've been doing them on the show previously, some of the Commonwealth countries, I wonder if they weren't necessarily British colloquialisms, but they, they had kind of a wider, broader knowledge base. So I wonder if some of the colloquialisms we've had have actually made sense to you or were they all just as confusing to as to our American audience? For the most part, it's been an education, man. Okay. I think colloquialisms might have drifted to the dark continent and then back, but like you guys definitely come up with some zingers. Yeah. Okay, so um, this one, I've got one for you this week, and uh, this was, I used this about two hours ago, maybe. So when I, when we first connected a few hours ago, maybe a couple of hours before that, and you said, I can come on a co-host. And I'm like, okay, fine, fine. You were like, let's do it tonight. And I was like, what? Everything's just kicking off so fast. And so far, I have to say, I've really enjoyed myself. It's been a good show. We'll see how the final edit comes out. But anyway, I messaged Chris to say, listen, uh, I know you know Mr. Mr. Jubbs, and he's offered to co-host. Uh, seems like, you know, a good guy. And I said, he seems sound as a pound. Nice. And, uh, Something my is, brother uses. Really? Sound as a pound? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So there you go. That basically just means uh, uh, good. Uh, you know, so if something is sound as a pound, it means it's all right. Everything's A-OK. So there <sighs> you go. But is the pound still sound, man? <laughs> mm. Well, no, nothing's sound at the moment, really, is it? But Eesh, Everything's up in the air. Yeah, literally, the atmosphere. Yeah. <laughs> filled with virus. Yeah. <laughs> um, we uh, did not have time to ask the listeners a question this week, so in a slightly new-ish kind of segment, it's going to be Chief Steve a question, Chief Steve a question, what'll he say, what'll he do, when Chief Steve a question. So, looking at kind of the the mockery of Cobra Commander from this, what we saw here in this issue where, you know, he kind of turns around, whoops, Destro's gone. And, you know, (laughs) he's just acting like a bit of a fool. What is your favourite, A, uh, outfit for Cobra Commander? Are you a hood or a a battle helmet man? Or is there another design that you like? And what what do you, what's your favourite version of the character in terms of his kind of persona? Do you like the kind of, the comedy parody kind of stuff or would you like it if he was a bit more serious and killing people off like we saw when he returned in that late 90, 98, 99, 100 where he just started killing people off and was a bit more vicious so to answer your first question uh, version 2 hood, the hooded Cobra Commander for the simple fact that it's got that deep Cobra blue Yeah, you know the, the, the faceplate the mirror is such an iconic design yeah but you don't and like yet, the powder blue outfit. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Maybe it, it's like that to make it look regal and make it stand out from the rank and file troops that he commands. But I do like the symmetry. You know, that, that deep cobra blue is so unique and so cobra yeah. that it's nice to have that in common between your, your cobra forces and their leadership. Yep. Uh, the action figure is kind of weird, but that all comes down to the, the face looking... Not quite right. I mean, it is a little bit too much like a Pac-Man ghost. <laughs> okay. Um, that said, it has charm. It is an original. It is uh, a classic. So it's kind of hard to get, get away from it. Um, there have been great versions done since and done in various scales. I mean, there's certainly some fantastic um, one to six scale sideshow figures right. that have really nailed the kind of a modern hooded Cobra Commander look with like a, a leather sort of jacket over it, sort of duster. Okay. Um, really, really cool stuff. But yeah, for me, V2 all the way, baby. Okay, yep. And then to answer your other question, which era or which version of Cobra Commander do I like the most? Um, it's got to be the Mutant Snake Man. 
<laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Um, that's that's pretty con- controversial stuff. I mean, the, the cartoon obviously took him in a wildly different direction. Yeah. But I have trouble with the used car salesman angle these days. Really? Maybe because it is a bit too pedestrian and now it's started being played for laughs. Yeah. His military lack of ability is kind of being shown up far too frequently for my liking. Right. I'd say Cobra Command was best when we knew very little about him when he was in those first 10 or so issues he was like a bond villain yeah he was you know, very was much machiavellian so. yeah. absolutely he was like his underlings didn't even know what the plan was it was like they they was were, were terrified that they'd give him a report that he he was less than enchanted with and he would gun them down right there and then or like i don't know throw some venomous snake prop yeah. at them and yeah. they'd they'd writhe in in poison death but um I don't think he's really kind of had a finer hour than those no. early... And it's a shame, yeah, just, it's a shame that that mystery. can't really be brought back in now, can it? We can't, you can't... There's no going back. You can't sure. reinvent him. You're not reinventing him, but you can't really take him back to that that way because of all what we've seen in between. But, um, yeah, no, that's... Well, there's always scope for a sort of a flashback G.I. Joe tale. Yeah. Why can't we take it back to the 80s? Why can't we tell stories from those kind of in between years? Um, uh, That's my sweet spot for G.I. Joe. I do believe the continuity has become so convoluted now. It's 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 retreading old material all the time. Yeah, you see a lot of tied up. Yeah, you see a lot of storylines and you know uh, scenes, etc., and plots that you wait a minute. I'm sure I've seen this before, and it's probably because we have. But the past just represents so much potential. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Shit, Give man. me that now late got, now Cold not only, stuff. Now not only have I got to read issue 34, 26, 27, that special missions one, now I've got to read issues 1 to 10. <laughs> and you've got to start writing your fanfic, Chief. Come on. I know you've got it in you. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Good stuff. Listen, I've had a blast. Me and too, buddy. It's been good. Uh, I want to thank you again for jumping in and helping out and hopefully it's not a one-time deal and you you know you can stay on board uh, until the time that, that chris wants to come back on and you are more than welcome every single week to do that uh, because as i said previously i am doing none of the editing that is all on you my friend but <laughs> mate if chris wants to jump in we can make this a trio we I'm can go three well yeah so we'll... stuck to that i'll even do the edits whatever how's that what, chris yeah whatever <laughs> we, whatever we want to do we can do it because you know that's the kind of guys we are go get us Yo listen show. it's been a it's been a great show if you want to uh, do your homework for ne- ahead of next week we're reading 171 and 172 of real american hero so if you want to do that uh, you're more than welcome and then you can uh, make sense of the ramblings of a couple of madmen next week uh, on the air. Uh, as always, if you want to help out the show, you can go onto the little purple icon on iTunes and rate and review us. You know, to give us five stars, say that uh, S Jobs and the Chief Dog sent you. And yeah, you can <laughs> find us on the usual places. That's Talking underscore Joe on Twitter, Talking Joe Comics on Instagram, Talking Joe Comics at gmail.com, and Talking Joe, a G.I. Joe podcast on Facebook. Now, if all the fine people out there want to get in touch with you and check out your work, how can they do it? Uh, just search G.I. Joeberg wherever you happen to find your social network. We're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on YouTube, we're on Facebook, uh, Stitcher, Podbean iTunes yeah. you can't miss taking over baby if you, if you over. haven't had enough of me <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find me on Chiefy Two Shoes on Twitter I don't really do much on there or the other places the Outer Timers on Twitter and Instagram and yeah great podcast by the way you if much, you're listening sir. to this and you haven't listened to Outer Timers what are you doing <laughs> yeah we, I'm recording a new episode of that on Thursday it's two days time and what film are we doing on that? I can't remember what film we're doing, but it's going to be a good one. Oh, I can remember. It's a it's an Eddie Murphy movie. It's an Eddie Murphy movie. That's a little uh, bit of a spoiler there, but uh, check that out. We'll be giving our views on that unappreciated, underappreciated movie. But um, with all that said and done, we will catch you down the road. Bye. See ya.